Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial Season 2, Episode 29. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. And, and welcome Jenna to the show. Sorry, Yay. Andrew, I cut you off. It's okay. <laughs> Hi there. Nice to be here. You are so, talking to us all the way from Sydney, Australia. Yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> it's uh, 7.15 on the East Coast PM. So what time is it at there? It's uh, quarter past nine in the AM. Okay. So you're ahead of us. So do you, do you know, has Trump dropped out of the race yet in light of his Second man- <laughs> Amendment comments? I bloody wish he had. No, it's the morning after, and he's still feeling okay about it as usual. So. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thank you yeah. for warning us about that from the future. It's all right. So it's <laughs> not really how the time zones work, but so <laughs> sure it is. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, so, like with Zach last week, Jenna, you uh, purchased one of our millennial millennial shirts, and you got the golden ticket. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. With a hang, I, I picked it up when I was hungover. Really made the hangover better. So <laughs> hangover cure. Well, that could be our next tagline. Well, we will see how long you know this goes before you start regretting your decision to come on the show. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. I've already lost sleep over it, so it's okay. Over coming on the show? Oh wow. Yeah. Aww. Well, you know, you guys are a huge part of my life. And now we're going to ruin the illusion for you. So. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. No, you're responsible for putting a smile on my face yesterday. I had a horrible day yesterday, but you guys reading that freaking um, <laughs> porno that Andrew wrote honestly made my day. So thank oh, you. good. Thank you. <laughs> well, as an author, I try to inspire people and bring a little brightness to their day. <clears throat> so I will write more just for you. Yeah, a little bit of insertion into their day-to-day life. <laughs> I was I was honestly livid that I was not part of the, the, re- the personal reading of the book. <laughs> We did okay without you. Yeah, you did okay. I mean, like, I, I'm saying, like, I really wish I was there because yeah. it would have been, you know, better. That's fine. Okay. Well, uh, I just wanted to offer a quick update to everybody. I did survive the bachelor party, as you can tell by the fact that I'm still breathing here. Um, the, the bros ended up not being so bro-y, and I got really drunk, and somehow I drunkenly won a lot of money, so it was a great weekend for me. Did you fuck anybody? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I fucked my sister's fiancé, so... That wedding is going to be really awkward for one or two of us this or October. Or really great. Very, uh, it's very Game of Thrones-esque of you. Yeah, you know, I'm just very inspired by Game of Thrones these days. Ooh, speaking of games, Game of Thrones, we learned recently that the show Ooh. is ending after the eighth season. Uh, as oh. fans here, I know there are a few of you here who are actual fans. How do you feel about this? Um, um, well, I think we I all think it's time. knew... Were you guys like surprised? I was. No. Yeah, I knew it was going to happen like like months ago, wasn't it? Or a while. Yeah, they sort of always had a plan to end then, and I think it's about time. I love the show, but I think it's definitely starting to jump the shark a little bit, and they need to wrap this shit up. Sometimes they're just they're they're going off on subplots that I no one gives a shit about, and mm. I would just want to see. <clears throat> I just want to see Daenerys get to Westeros and like end of story, like just, just focus on what matters. And I think they can do that in the next I'm, two seasons. I'm curious to see what your guys' opinion is on the fact that they're splitting the last season technically up into two seasons. They're only doing like 
six or well, seven, se- seven episodes. There's, there's two more books coming, so each one could still have a season. Um, yeah, but the se- the series is ahead of the books. Right. What, but there's this still past... two more books to be released. Right. Well, and two more yeah, seasons. Yeah, but the series well, isn't, it's not yeah. even following the books anymore, though. They're completely Do we know off that? book at this point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, so the, I mean, the next season's going to have seven episodes, and then the last one will probably have six. But who knows? Maybe there'll be a movie after that or something. Oh, oh no. They need to just stop. Oh, okay. It's just the biggest show to... on TV. Yeah, but, you know, sometimes you just got to take it out back and, like, put it out of its misery before it, it gets... Yeah. Before it goes right cursed child face. on you. <laughs> you, have, you have to end it before it goes cursed child. You know what? That's Don't what knock it till you read it, okay? Jenna, do you like cursed child? Okay. What, sorry? Did you like Curse? Oh, sorry, Child? I didn't hear my name. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, I read it. Yeah, I. Oh, it kind of annoyed me. Ginny oh. was so poorly written. She was just such an. She's still character. poorly written. She could have so been more. poorly written. She she let Harry speak to her in such a way, and I was like, Joe, did you really approve of this? Really annoyed me. Hermione was great. Ron was good, but like, oh, it annoyed me. Well, Harry so, is terrible too. So with Game of Thrones yeah. ending, I thought we should maybe mention other TV shows that we're watching real right now. There's some great ones on TV this summer, unlike last summer where there was really nothing other than Unreal, which uh, just wrapped up its second season on Monday night. I think I've plugged that before. It's like it's it's an inside look at The Bachelor, but it's way more dramatic and it just shows you how bullshit The Bachelor is on ABC. And if you want some light entertainment, I highly recommend Match Game. This was this used to be a game show back in like the seventies yeah. or eighties. Um, it still runs on Game Show Network, but there's a new one with Alec Baldwin. It's like the same set, the same music, down to the shag carpet. But it's all celebrities, new celebrities, um, and it is so freaking funny i i am absolutely in love with it so i highly recommend catching that on ebc mm-hmm. and finally um hbo's the night of it's like it's like it's like true detective season one but just as good if not better it's like a really long episode of law and order svu so definitely check those th- three out i agree i thought i watched the night of too I've, i'm kind of hooked on it now but I would advise anyone who's interested, just grit your teeth through the first episode. I thought the first installment was boring as shit. Oh. I thought I thought it was really dry. Because you kind of already know, if you've seen a single preview of the show, you already understand the premise. And so uh, to spend to spend an hour and, you know, ten minutes setting up the premise that I, I could have told you exactly what was going to happen. That okay. whole episode. Just I, stick I, with it because it gets much better. I have seen the whatever the trailer teaser trailer for the night of, and I have absolutely no fucking idea what the show is about. That's and I'm you're tripping and, on acid all the time, man. But the show is tripping on acid. I told you not to say anything, and you said something. Well, and Elisa, I think they drop all this in uh, what they show what they show in the first episode because I think it's all going to come into play during the trial. Yeah, Ooh, there's that's a trial, true. so that's is why. So is it a drama? Is it like supernatural? Is it like crime? It's gangs? like an episode of Law and Order SVU. Oh, God. But much better. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Matt, what whatever. are you watching? Um, well, I, I have been trying to get everybody I know to watch Stranger Things on Netflix. It is an amazing series. I don't know if any of you guys have seen it, but I absolutely am in love with this show. The, uh, the first season just aired not too long ago. I think it was maybe a month. And I watched it in, I kid you not, 24 hours. I just watched the entire series. And I was not intending to either. It's a um, it's like a supernatural thriller drama that's set in the 80s. And it is just a perfect representation of not just the 80s, but 80s movies. Mm-hmm. And it has Winona Ryder in it. It has a very like E.T. quality as well because there's... Um, uh, there's like kids and coming of age story, but with also like supernatural, like uh, uh, other dimensions. And it's just really well acted, really good uh, child actors as well. Um, and yeah, they everybody's just got raving up. about it recently. Yeah, everyone everyone loves it. And I'm so mm-hmm. happy that, pe- that that's getting all this much attention because it's got picked up for another season. And then um, this uh, the new season of BoJack Horseman has been really good. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen uh, BoJack Horseman, but um, this particular season, season three, is 
really good. It's yeah, I love that show. It's better than the previous two. It's fun. To, it's a visual. It's a visual treat, and it looks at depression, and it's also really funny. Uh, so yeah, I highly recommend that one as well. Lauren, Elisa, you're watching Stranger Things as well, aren't you? Yes, um, I'm only about halfway through, so no spoilers. But I love it so far. Um, it's very Stephen King, which is perfect actually because he's been raving about it. He loves the show as well. Um, mm. I'm really enjoying it so far. I can't wait I to finish. Can't wait. And Jenna, what are you watching down under? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Lord. <laughs> wow, down Jenna under. was tickled by that. Down under. Down under. <laughs> She's <laughs> laughing at you, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Yeah, it's constantly. Uh, look, I've heard everyone tell me about Stranger Things. Just thank you for more reasons to watch it. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I've been watching Black uh, Bojack Horseman as well, but I just wanted to plug something that you can watch on YouTube. It came out in like 2002, 2003. It's quite old. It's called Black Books. It's a uh, British comedy, and um, I've memorized every episode. It's mm. a sitcom with, you know, background laughter and stuff. It's these three absolutely useless people. Um, one of them owns a bookshop. He's Irish, so you've got that fun accent. And he smokes and drinks wine the entire time. <clears throat> And then he's got this assistant called Manny who's useless. Then this friend called Fran. And like the entire season, Fran doesn't get with either of them. So that's kind of nice. And it's just they say and do the most ridiculous things. And it's a really, really funny show. All free on YouTube. And, um, yeah, seriously, watch it. It's (laughs) It still makes me laugh. And I've seen every episode like ten times. Nice. Cool. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Speaking of which, uh, Matt, I just yes. bought my flight to I just bought my flight to DC for the election, and uh, Andrew just bought his. Uh, so you're so far the only person who isn't prepared to be in DC for the election for uh, our millennial extravaganza. What are you going to do about that? I'm just waiting for Elisa to pay for it. <laughs> oh, I'll pay for it, just not in dollars, bitch. You know it. <laughs> i'm excited to see um, laura or, well mainly elisa because i haven't seen her in like years yeah, yeah andrew just yeah. saw me like a year ago so he's was he's uh, had his fill yeah okay like nine months ago yeah uh, I'm, I'm about to have the baby up, by the way so <laughs> that's why i've avoided you since then <laughs> um but I would like to propose a new game where we actually encourage the listeners to tweet Matt daily to peer pressure him into booking his flight. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, so, that, that game is really just going to bite you in the ass because you know how tweet, much of a ham I am. I'm just going to not up. do it. Shut up. Everybody tweet Matt. Hashtag book the flight. Yeah. What if this leads Matt to what's, delete Twitter? What's Twitter. Matt's handle? Yeah. Matt Britton. Um, Matt Britton. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, speaking of that, like somebody asked to buy my hand, <laughs> my name on Twitter. I thought you were about day. to say something else. Oh, I could just charge. I could just sell it to him for the price of a flight. Yeah, there, there you, you go. go. Problem solved. Or you know, you could sell it to him for more. Oh yeah, like <laughs> like flights for a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So the uh, the Rio Olympics uh, just started last Friday, and honestly, it didn't really um, have much drama or anything at least for the opening ceremonies did you guys watch the opening ceremonies yeah i've seen a few clips of it i didn't watch the entire thing but it was really beautiful it was really pretty but it was a lot of a lot of people were a little disappointed or i guess not disappointed but underwhelmed by the performance um i would probably tend to agree at least in comparison to the previous performances like the london olympics which I was not I was not a fan of the opening ceremonies, uh, but the Russian one was what an hour long. Oof. Yeah, I don't. I I skip. I didn't watch the opening ceremony. I've been really been watching, uh, but I highly recommend checking out Leslie Jones's Twitter. She's been live tweeting uh, the Olympics a lot with video, <laughs> and in fact, her tweets have become so popular popular that NBC decided to invite her down to the Olympics to help them cover. So I don't okay. know if it's going to be as funny, but um, as her tweets, because her tweets, let me just play a random one on her timeline real quick. Hey, Carrie, this is this is the warrior face I'm talking about, Carrie. You are a warrior. You will always be a warrior chick. Don't ever worry. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> she just screams in every 
tweet. It's really funny. I really like Leslie Jones. Yeah, she's great. Uh, yeah, anyway. I love love her shouting. I did watch um, some of the Olympics last night, though. Uh, um, uh, what's that guy's name? Michael Phelps. He was taunting his opponent with this face that's become an internet meme. Uh, a big meme over the past 24 hours since he did it. I mean, he said he wasn't really. He was just trying not to focus on him. He was listening to music. But I don't know. The face is hilarious. It is. Um, he looks horrible. One of the biggest uh, news stories that we've gotten from at least the most interesting ones is the uh the french gymnast who broke his leg while doing a um uh a routine and his his right leg was just completely like broken and hanging to the side just like a limp noodle uh yeah no thanks i will not be watching that video what I thought was really interesting is that the guy wasn't even like in pain really he was initially like his first reaction was disappointment he was mm-hmm. like, oh, no. Well, that's I, what happens uh, when uh, you're on steroids and other drugs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kidding. Also, shock. I will say for me, the worst part of the video is you actually hear his leg break. Oh, what? God. Oh, oh no, that's yeah. sick. Yeah. yeah you, you hear the snap when he goes down and it's just like, oh. And you see, and you can, <laughs> you can hear the uh, the announcers going, uh, 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 oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, I'm going to look this up right now. Ew. If I can, if I can no, yeah, find it. Wait. We're going to play that it's, it's on, it's, it's posted. We're not. I want to, I want to hear it. I'm not oh. playing. Yeah, that. if you watch You're the video. You're going to play it. Or... I yeah. can feel, have, th- have do you, you want it? me to play it right now? I'm going to take my headphones off and not look though. Yeah, do it. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. See if I can find it. But of course, there's a 10 minute ad. All right, I'm playing it. I'm not. I'm seriously not watching this. I'm taking. Okay, shut up. 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 Literally sitting here with my eyes closed. <laughs> I don't know how audible it was, but there's a sound like right as he hits the mat. Yeah. It's like it's terrible. <laughs> all right well the olympics are going on for what another week and a half or two so something like more drama to continue (laughs) yeah it's fun to watch at night nice background activity i guess so far yeah no one's been killed so i i'd say it's been a success so far one other news item before we move on to uh ap choice and then dumpster fire 2016 uh millennials are not having as much sex as they used to study published to, uh, last Tuesday in the journal Archives of Sexual Behavior finds that younger millennials born in the 90s are more than twice as likely to be sexually inactive in their early 20s as the previous generation was. Even older millennials are more sexually active than this younger group is. And recent research also shows that overall millennials, people born between the early 80s and 2000s, have fewer sexual partners than baby boomers and those in Generation X the group immediately preceding them why are people having less sex i i see i i I would like to venture in and see the details of this study because i want to venture in but i'm having (laughs) less sex like maybe maybe we're having less sexual partners but that doesn't mean we're having less sex like maybe we're just we just enjoy like fucking the same person constantly no, but this is just less sex in general, not necessarily different people. I think part of the problem is people are, and I think Jenna, you wanted to bring this up. People are just busier, right? Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've had so many people sort of cancel on me last minute. I'm just a friend. I'm not like a sexual partner. And they're just like, sorry, I got work. And I'm like, you work every other day. Like, just take the afternoon off and see people. It's, it's depressing. It's just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I will, I I will wonder... say that. Yeah, go ahead. I wonder if it's like generations of slut shaming that have finally uh, brought about some success. Well done, baby boomers. Mm. We're all ashamed of our bodies now. You did it. 
I don't know. Like, I will say, though, I do think our generation is a little flakier than the previous generations. And I, I don't know exactly like how to pinpoint that, but I would agree with that fact if it were true. Truthiness. I can I like, can pinpoint it. It's because we're using apps more often, so it's easier to ignore people. Um, same thing with texting. Like mm. generations ago, you it was it was harder to ignore people. I think like if you plan to hang out or bang or something like that, uh, you probably met up more. Now we 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 ditch people with the swipe of our finger. Yeah, but you're saying it's easier to ignore people now we're more connected than ever i mean back in the olden days if i didn't want to bone jeremiah i could just go hide in my barn right right right. so like uh, i didn't i didn't have to but there were see him there were there were tighter social guidelines i think like it was Mm -hmm. it was it was more dickish to avoid people whereas now it isn't as dickish. Yeah, I think, I think we're more... I think we've got so much going on now that it's more socially acceptable to be busy. I think... Uh, mm. I, I also think, too, that it's... You know, we are more connected than we've ever been. But we've also... Uh, are not... Uh, we lose our attention to something a lot faster. Yeah. Like, something has to keep our attention constantly or we will just move on to something else. Like, instant gratification with the apps that in our lifestyle. So I, maybe that's the reason why, who knows? Mm. Not to mention, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 go ahead, Jenna, go ahead. Um, uh, not to mention uh, easy access to porn and video games. That kind of is a good substitute for a lot of people, I think. Yeah. You don't have to actually make an effort and, you know, buy them dinner and go out and get to know them. You can just watch porn and sort of get the same gratification. I feel like that might be something. <laughs> Blair, yeah. you speak in my language right now, Jenna. <laughs> that is for fucking true. My my video game boyfriend requires no wooing whatsoever. I just hit A, X, and he's mine. I love it. <laughs> exactly. This doesn't strike me as a challenge, or this doesn't strike me as a, a problem, rather. It strikes me as an opportunity. If it is indeed true that millennials are having more sex, that just means that there's a vacuum of people out there who are just dying to get laid, and here we are. Why don't we do a civil service? Right. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm having a lot of things. You want to, I just don't get it. Bang these people. Let's be honest, Elisa, you're already doing a civil service. Listen, bitch, I just told you about my, about my video game boyfriend. If hitting a buttons back and forth counts, then yeah, but I don't think Lisa is a pioneer of sexual ventures about just myself i'm saying look this is a group effort jenna you're included in this i'm saying this is a group effort and that there Not is groups there is a there is a vacuum here and we are here to as andrew would put it as andrew would put it there's we can insert insert ourselves to that vacuum a power vacuum one might say wow i'm flattered you're making fun of me just like you would make fun of el james or stephanie meyer you're, yeah, Flatter. because I think you, I think you have risen to the occasion, pun intended. <laughs> I mean, has really has nobody uh, has nobody on here ever masturbated to like a story that they read, whether no. it's like steamy or no? Really? Yes. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? I mean, everybody seems well, anyway. to agree with me. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to huh. AP choice. Now we have a uh, couple of submissions here from our ten dollar plus patrons. On Patreon. Thank you for supporting us at that level, by the way. Uh, This one comes from Grace. She asks about music. I was recently listening to season one again for shits and gigs. And I don't know if you've done this recently, but I really enjoyed the music suggestions you gave out. Would you all consider introducing me to some new music again to help me find something besides the Hamilton soundtrack on repeat to listen to? So I would like to recommend a song I discovered in Spotify's Soak Up the Sun playlist. I think this song is a revolution. It's called Welcome to Your Life by Group Love. Keep saying I feel okay. Telling myself this now. 
Anyway, this song is just bright and fun and a great a great variety of vocals on it. Um, yeah. So, and by the way, if you like Spotify, if you use Spotify, highly recommend their Soak Up the Sun playlist. I mean, look at this. Love it. Okay. What other suggestions do we have for Grace? Um, I wanted to suggest a song by an artist I really like. Her name is Ana T. U. And the song is called Shock. Of course it's not in English. Yes, it is. What are they saying, Laura? Um, so basically what she's saying is um, it's a song about it's a song about a dictator. Um, oh, and it's largely based around the history of Pinochet because she's a Chilean rapper and her family was actually living in political exile in France after the coup d'etat. I had an Andrew moment there um, in Chile in the 70s. Um, and so it's about that. And it's actually quite relevant to the whole Donald Trump discussion because she talks about um, his venomous his venomous uh, monologues and his rotten golden throne. So I thought that it was... Well, that is a lovely summer tune, Laura. That's (laughs) nice and light and airy, and I can see myself rocking out to a song about dictators with the corona. Well, you know, I need to bring some culture to the show because you guys, well... Speaking of which, Elisa, what do you got to recommend? Um, So... I for me summertime is when I really like to get back into 80s music and I know that's a little Stupid. listen listen shut up okay I I'm I'm bringing us back old school that's how I roll and I'm just saying 80s is a great time for it because you know like being on the beach or on the boat whatever I just feel like this music is meant for it so this is Andrew I'm not sure if you have this queued up but I do um your love by the outfield, like quintessential '80s hit, and I just fucking love it. It's such a so goddamn catchy. Uh, yeah, we all know this song. Mm, I love it. you let someone insert themselves in you to this song well (laughs) you're assuming that hasn't happened already but yeah (laughs) absolutely can't you see yourself like on a boat like you know with a margarita or something like jamming out to that yeah Mm -hmm. for sure uh sure it reminds me of an adam sandler movie because i think it's in every adam sandler movie you've just ruined it for me but thanks (laughs) matt what's your song what's yours matt mine is uh, mine is a song by the twin slash sister slash lesbian group, uh, Tegan and Sarah, and it is off of their recent released album called, uh, uh Stop love Desire, the name no. of the song. What? I, yeah, Off Love You to Death. Yeah, Love You to Death is the name of the album. I really like uh, these two. Yeah, I love them too. They're they're awesome. I I got to see them perform before Katy Perry, and I preferred them over Katy Perry. Ooh. Well, that's not saying much, but that's yeah. You know their songs though. They did uh, the song for Lego the Lego Movie. Everything is awesome. They did. Yeah, that's them. Oh, Lonely Island. <sighs> well, yeah, Lonely Island too. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're yeah, it was both of them, you're right. Uh okay, so last but not least. Janet, Janet, Janet. <laughs> Thank you. Oh no, real quick. Um 
This is a YouTuber, and there's no – this has no lyrics. It's just a violin with some dubstep behind it, which is pretty revolutionary. She's the only girl that does this. And I like this song for the music video because it's gorgeous. It's like, oh, it's like sex for your eyes. It's beautiful. Okay, I just want to make sure I heard you correctly. You said we're about to play a YouTuber on the show. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> not sorry at all. I'm kidding, sort of. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not. Oh, see, I love violins. Yeah, so emotional. Ooh, it's like EDM violin. Violin EDM. Oh, yeah. fuck to this oh, i was man, gonna say sorry. next in time the- you uh write a porno andrew will read it with that background music yeah, yeah oh yeah. yeah and the music video is like her in slow motion dancing in the rain and in like the sun with the fire because elements it's gorgeous wow. to look i would totally do this though like working on my on my desk and treat it as like a montage from a movie where they're like trying to figure out this code that's mm-hmm. really important before the world ends and something yeah <laughs> yeah or sex. <laughs> yeah, both. <laughs> and then one more AP choice. This is from Haley. This is serious. So changing gears. A friend of mine was killed this weekend. Death is hard no matter what. I just can't seem to get my head around someone my age, 25, being gone so early in life. Have you all had friends pass away? If so, how has it impacted your life? And two other AP patrons uh, chimed in here. Jared said, I also have lost a friend this past week. She took her own life Wednesday. Like Haley, I cannot grasp the loss of someone so full of life. I'd love to hear your thoughts on Haley's topic and questions. And finally, Clinton says, same thing happened to my best friend New Year's Eve 2010. Other than my four-year-old daughter being born, it's the most pivotal moment in my life. I can only say that loss sucks and it gets easier. Loss brought everyone together at first and then things settled back into normal. I know what I did and what it was like for me, but I wonder, too, what loss is like for others. Mm-hmm. I'll say that I, I've been fortunate that I haven't lost any friends of mine or anyone around my age who I know. But the, the most striking death, death for me was back when I was 13 or 14 when my neighbor, who I was good friends with, his dad died very suddenly uh, due to a heart attack. And that was just, you know, very very shocking and you, of course you feel awful for your friend who lost his father at such a young age um yeah it's awful but uh, in time like clinton was saying things do get better but yeah Haley and jared i'm so sorry for your recent losses yeah um i had an experience where uh right after i graduated college in 2011 uh one of my neighbors who I wouldn't say that we were like super close friends, but we were definitely friendly. We would have parties and stuff together between our apartments. Um, He was killed in a car accident. Um, And that was so weird. It was so weird because I just remember thinking I was living abroad at the time, so I couldn't go to a funeral or anything like that. And I just remember thinking like I could so clearly picture his face and it seemed really bizarre that he wasn't there anymore. Like, I just feel like I could picture him down to every last detail and it seemed like he should be there and be very tangible, but he wasn't. And I think that's something that is still kind of hard. Like when you really sit down and think about it, because we like human beings don't deal very well with the concept of forever because our lives are very A to B linear. Um, And when somebody has gone and they're gone, it's, it's really hard to reconcile so i'm really sorry to hear that you guys are going through that right now it's hard yeah so sorry did i bring it down too much you brought it way too low (laughs) um no yeah it it is a tough thing to get through and i think the best thing to do is just surround yourself with people who love you and who loved that person and everyone just tries to get through it together as best as you can I reminded the only thing I would add is I've I haven't had anyone 
my age very close to me pass away, but I did have um, a, someone who I used to be close with pass away when I was in college and uh, a very close childhood friend died in a car accident. And that was very jarring for the same reasons that they're describing because he was my exact age. And it was it was weird to think. I remember waking up the morning after I found out and thinking to myself, this is one more day that I have that he doesn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, our birthdays were down to like the month. We were the same age. And so every morning I woke up, I thought this is one more one more day, one more hour I've seen that he will never see. And that was a very weird concept to grasp. I don't know that there's any great advice for something like this. But what I do think of, um, I know it's cheesy, but I think of a John Green quote. I can't remember which book it came from, but he wrote that grief does not change you. It reveals you. And what I would add to that is it doesn't just reveal you and who you are and how you handle um, difficult times. It also reveals relationships and who is really there for you and uh, who cares the most. And that's what I got to from the experience is it was incredible to see the amount of love that came from it. And so maybe um, just hold on, hold on to that and see what it reveals in others and your relationships. Yeah. Very true. Life is fragile. Anyway, uh, uh, thank you to those of you who wrote in with topics over on Patreon. Uh, Let's move on now. We're going to discuss the state of our country union. Of our union. Our potentially failing republic. With Dumpster Fire 2016. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Lindsey Sterling's violin really added to that. welcome still playing i think we need to take that recording of our evil laughter and play that at the top of this segment from now on in the future (laughs) (laughs) we sound sound like the emperor (laughs) (laughs) oh man well speaking of the emperor we have to talk about donald trump's no good very bad week um weeks first of all uh very disappointed to see that hillary used the same line in a tweet uh, just for the record, I wrote it before she did. Oh, did you? What is it? I, I did. No, the the no good, very bad week. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I did that. I did it first. Yeah, all right. Um, so following last week's feud with the Khan family and the realization that he hated babies, um, it didn't look like things could get much worse for Trump until the polls came out. Did you guys see these? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Amazing. Uh, basically, uh, very high level view of this. More than six in 10 Republicans disapprove of the way he handled the situation. Three quarters of voters disapproved of how he handled it, with 56% strongly disapproving. And only 13% of Republican voters approved of how Trump handled the con situation. Uh, so at least he has that going for him. Which is nice. Um, I think I said last week, right, that this may be the this is we may actually finally be witnessing Trump falling apart here. And I think everything that we're that we discussed last week and what we're about to discuss shows that as being true. Yeah, completely. And the reporting as of today, Tuesday, uh, definitely shows that um, according to there are a few different polls that you can look at, but. Probably the most pertinent one is Polls Plus. Um, That basically means Polls Plus history of Election Day shows that right now Hillary Clinton has about a 79.1% chance of winning the presidency to Donald Trump's 20.8% chance. Um, However, if you look at the now cast, meaning if the election were held today, she would have a 94.7% chance of winning. Um, So my hope is, of course, that this can only get better and that this trend can continue as election season goes on. But I would just like to caution people not to get complacent because you never know. This has been the weirdest election year ever. And we just need to stay on our toes. And I think that it's pretty evident that Donald Trump is starting to falter, um, which is saying something. Uh, but he's starting to crack a little bit. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, he 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 threatened. I mean, he threatened Hillary Clinton's with an assassination. 
Well, let's talk about that. Getting ready to. Yeah, let's discuss that. I'm sorry, Laura. I I up your intro. No, 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 you're okay. Um, But yeah, Matt's right. I mean, he basically made a very vile threat against Hillary Clinton. And I think that we should just let the Donald speak for himself. Okay. Let's let the Donald speak for himself. To pick. If she gets to pick her judges, nothing you can do, folks. Although the Second Amendment people, maybe there is. I don't know. But... <laughs> and what disturbs me most, well, two things. First and foremost, the people who applauded that. And also people on the ground were reporting that there were chants of kill her, kill her, uh, which we've seen before at Trump rallies. But in this particular instance, it's very clearly in reaction to him making a not so veiled threat against another presidential candidate. Uh, And at that point, he's talking about in the future, by the way. So at that point, she would actually be the president. Um, And for any international listeners, Second Amendment, of course, is the right to bear arms. And so he's saying... You know, maybe someone can just take her out. That's basically what he's getting at. The second thing that disturbs me about this, though, is how they've started spinning it. I don't know if you guys heard this, but now that the Trump campaign has come out and said that he didn't mean it that way. He didn't mean it to be an endorsement of an assassination or a suggestion of such. He meant it as, you know, oh, Second Amendment voters, people who really support the Second Amendment could influence her, could pressure her into how uh, it, or influence her choices for Supreme Court justices. So they're making it, they're trying to make it seem like it wasn't what it very obviously was. And I read his statement and I just, it, it was a bunch of gobbledygook. Like, I just do not understand what he was even trying to say as his response to his Second Amendment remarks. Yeah, what, just what, what, to cover what that statement was. This is from Jason Miller, who is his communications advisor, um, who said, it's called the power of unification. Second Amendment people have amazing spirit and are tremendously unified, which gives them great political power. And this year they will be voting in record numbers and it won't be for Hillary Clinton. It will be for Donald Trump. Remember, what confuses me, though, is that what he said, if Hillary points her own judges, nothing you can do, folks. It's the same thing with him. Like, like whoever appoints the judge, like whatever president appoints judge, there's nothing you can do, folks. Yeah, the judges. Sorry. What's not because, of course, the 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 story is and should be the fact that he's that he's hinting at uh, an assassination, an endorsement of a fucking assassination. Yeah. But the reality is, is that there's another story here, which is that he clearly doesn't know how the government works because that's not true. Hillary Clinton doesn't just choose Supreme Court justices or federal judges. They have to also be confirmed by the Senate. So I don't know what he's even talking about there. I understand that's a big issue. But to say, once again, there's a lot of fear mongering here that's completely it's completely obfuscating the Constitution in, in the greatest show of irony I've ever seen because the GOP is supposed to be the party of the Constitution and their own nominee doesn't even understand the very basic foundation of it, which is that the president nominates and the Senate confirms. Exactly. So he's, just, he's wrong. Not only is it heinous and dangerous rhetoric to suggest an assassination, he's also factually wrong. And right. it's been and- proven. Recently, with Obama nominating Merrick Garland, if that were the case that the president can choose whichever judge he wants or he or she wants, then Merrick Garland would have been a a justice, a Supreme Court justice already. Correct. Mm -hmm. And the great irony of that, of course, is that it's Trump's party that's blocking that confirmation. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I think it's just another really clear example of Trump not caring that his yeah he he doesn't care that his statements don't exist in a vacuum you know and most brilliantly sorry no i mean it just it scares me because all we need is just one lone nutcase that's all we need you already got it and brilliantly the secret service tweeted this afternoon the secret service is aware of the comments made earlier this afternoon (laughs) 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 That's all they said. 
I think it was, yeah, it was John Oliver on his last episode that made a brilliant analogy about all this, saying that if you step on one nail, like you will be like all of your focus will be on that one nail. But if you if you step on a thousand nails, that one nail will not get as much attention as the others. It won't hurt. In other words, Trump it won't is, hurt. It, you're, st- you're stepping on a thousand Trump nails, so none of right. them stand out. But but all you have is that one, really that one nail with Hillary, and that's all they have, and that's all you hear about. Yeah. Jenna, I wanted to ask you, you had some thoughts about this before we started the show. I, I always like to get an international perspective when we can. Uh, well, Can we move uh, there? What? Can we, can we come visit? You want me? Well, you're willing to pay the high price of the fight. I mean, it's very nice over here. We don't. None. We haven't uh, assassinated any of our presidents or prime ministers, as we call them. Nice. Um, look, I I have not been surprised by anything he's said so far. He's very good at what he does in convincing people to like him. He speaks with conviction, and you know, it, it's not what he says; it's how he says it. But this is just like I, I've, I'm, I still can't believe it. Like it made my breakfast taste bad when I had when I read it this morning. I don't even why why would you suggest assassinating? That's already happened. You know what happened to the last people who tried to assassinate presidents and got away with it? Like they didn't get away with it, did they? Or did they? I hope they didn't. Mm-hmm. Am I right? <laughs> like, <laughs> and you, you know you had that many sort of shootings already of like unhinged people. This is just oh my god, I've got no words. Yeah, unhinged is a good word for it. I really don't want us to become desensitized to this. I think we we talk about this every week. Everyone's talking about it every week. And I don't want us or any or anyone who's listening to become desensitized to just the magnitude of how heinous this rhetoric is. And it doesn't matter which side of the aisle you're on, you can hate Hillary Clinton. You can disagree with everything she stands for. You should still be objective uh, and self-aware enough to see this and see how basket case crazy it is and how much it has violated every rule of decorum and, and, and human decency. And I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. I feel like we're through the looking glass with this bullshit, guys. I really do. I feel like we're in fucking Alice in Wonderland. And yeah. I, I, I'm glad that I feel that way. I'm glad I feel that way. And I think we should all feel that way. Because the moment that this is normalized, the moment that this becomes commonplace and we roll our eyes and move on with our day, is the moment that he wins, whether he actually wins or not. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, we have become a bit normalized to it, uh, going along with Matt's bed of nails principle he was getting at. Um, because I, sometimes I feel like, ah, you know, it's just Trump, no biggie. It doesn't feel like a big deal anymore, but comments like today are particularly bad. And it's actually, it just makes no sense that he's continues to fuck up left and right. I mean, we saw those mm-hmm. reports last week that his campaign was in disarray. People were quote suicidal in there. It's for shit like this. And then they have yeah. to come out and make excuses. I could see why you would be suicidal after having to defend this nonsense, whatever comes out of his mouth. So I think he's... He's ruining himself left and right over the past couple of weeks. Uh, Elizabeth Warren may have said it best on Twitter today. Donald Trump makes death threats because he's a, he's a pathetic coward who can't handle the fact that he's losing to a girl. Your reckless comments sound Ooh. like a two-bit dictator, not a man who wants to lead the greatest democracy on the planet. So Warren continues to take large poops all over Donald <laughs> Trump. <laughs> I that love burn her so was huge. Much. No, I mean, he is a global threat. And I would just I would just encourage anybody if you're if you're considering not voting, if you're considering voting third party, heaven forbid, if you're considering voting for Trump, I strongly urge you to reconsider. This has been Laura Thompson. That's right. (laughs) For Bernie Bros. We approve this message. That's right. Well, Jenna, it's time for you to shine now. And uh, not, and w- with that Australian sunshine that you're enjoying today. It's winter there right now, right? It is winter. But yeah. our version of winter is, you know, California's version of winter. But, but really, actually, it's been... you have mm-hmm. Christmas in December during the summer. What's up with that? I know. I often, uh, yeah, we drink white wine in the sun, which is a song. Um, you know, Santa, we've got like the typical Santa for us wears board shorts and surfs because, you know, that's a stereotype. 
um, yeah, it's nice. We have summer fruits. We have summer salads. This whole concept of having a big turkey, I don't uh, – it's foreign-ish to me. Wow, we I, like big things over here. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I've just – I was going to do like a choose the – truth and not but like there are so many crazy facts about australia i don't want to throw lies at you i just want to throw all the truths because there's so many of them so um uh laura you're gonna like this i'm gonna start off with some aussie phrases that uh, phrases that i hope you guys use that we actually invented cool um, to so selfie we invented that you're welcome what what yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we shorten words with an E or an O at the end of it. So selfie, we invented that. And I've always thought that. I've heard the word selfie before it went huge because we invented it. Well, um, I guess I'm just glad that we're not responsible for such a horrible activity and word. So I guess <laughs> yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, would you guys refer to breakfast as brekkie? No. No. Brekkie. Damn it. All right. Never mind. I've heard that before, though. Okay. All right. In Australia. I've definitely heard an American refer to their pajamas as jammies. Is that right? Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah I call them jammies. Jammies. Yeah, that's us. Because, again, it ends in IE and we tend to do that. We like cool. like, yeah. And um, no worries. I think we invented that as well. What? Did you? Yeah. No, yeah. I invented that. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Go ahead and take it. All right. And um, some oh. other words that you guys definitely don't use. These are... Oh, uh, these are so fun. And you have to put on a really thick accent when you say it. When someone okay. says Darrow, what do you think Darrow means? Darrow? Duo? Yeah. Darrow. Well. It's spelled D-E-R-R-O. Darrow. It's like it a means snack. that you're, you are uh, a dingo hunter. <laughs> <laughs> dingo hunter. Wow. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Is it, I don't know, is it a game? No, it um it's short actually for the word derelict and it means you're like homeless. Oh, oh like a hobo. Yeah, like a hobo. Oh. Okay. And another one is blotto. Getting totally blotto. I think the way I say it. Does that mean fucked up, like drunk? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh blotto. Blotto. Yeah. Blotto. Blotto. Yeah. I my brains out. Matt's bloodoed right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to, okay, so uh, yobbo. Yobbo? Yeah. Yeah, that. A bit of a yobbo. Um, I get it. Okay, I'll just tell you what it is. It's, um, I have to actually pr- explain, an aggressive bogan, and a bogan is like our version of a redneck. Um, oh. Yeah. Are they as so stupid we, as they are here? In America? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm. Thicker accents. Um, I I've, I've, can sometimes do it, but I sort of feel gross doing it, which makes me sound really posh and prude. So um, mm. let's forget I said that. Um, <laughs> Give us like two more. <laughs> two more. Okay. I've only got one more, oh, which is uh, a smoko, which I've never used. Um, and it basically means going for a smoke during work hours. So having a cigarette break, going for a smoko. Why does that have to be distinguished? I don't Smoke. know. I have never heard it. My mom explained it to me and said, yeah, it's specifically during work hours because we like to take smokes, cigarette breaks. I don't think we do anymore. We take coffee breaks because we're obsessed with it. And um, I've got two like phrases that we use. You've got equivalents. Um, so I want you to guess. What do you think if something is a, a bit of a dog's breakfast, what do you think that means? Uh, food. Um, it's pretty slimy, I, I would wanna say. S- I want to say uh, something, a breakfast you have after a hangover or for a hangover. Um, um, a, d- okay, um, a doggy. Well, pardon? A doggy. <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know what you're saying. The dingo. <laughs> dingo food. Dingo food. You guys are obsessed with dingoes, honestly. Um, what the so fuck else dog- is there? <laughs> what else is there? Freaking kangaroos? Come on. Tree oh, bears? Drop bears. Little wallabies. No, don't fuck with me in the, in the drop bears anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a dog's breakfast just means it's a bit of a mess. doesn't go very well. That was a bit of a dog's breakfast. And yeah, it just means it didn't go very well. Oh, like I, I, thought, oh. Okay, I thought we were trying to make up the term for a dog's breakfast. No, like the meaning of no. it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was guessing. So it's like a hot mess. Yeah, exactly. Like a hot mess. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And... Um, Oh, another phrase which is kind of similar is called a bun fight. A bum like, fight. 
Yeah, a B-U-N fight. Bun fight. Um, it's going to be a bun fight. Um, uh, a bad fight. It's yeah, it's kind of like it's a non-violent sort of fight. So uh, uh-huh. my mom uses it when she talks about parking. Like, oh, it's going to be a bun fight for parking. I'll just park like further away. So <laughs> oh, like a clusterfuck. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's oh, good, I, I like it. I'm going to start using all of these from now on, and I'm going to put on a really obnoxious Australian accent when I do it. Oh. <laughs> Laura, you're just going to be a dog. <laughs> Drive constantly. around and be like, crikey, it's a real bun fight. <laughs> crikey. We, uh, I do not, only Steve Owen ever said crikey. I've never heard anyone say it. We do say g'day. Some people do, but mm. crikey, I don't care. Um, okay, I've got an Australian pick-up pick up line for you. Who wants to be my victim? Oh, me. Okay, Matt. All right. Hey there. Have you ever heard of an Aussie kiss? Mmm. Had one for breakfast. <laughs> really? It's, it's no, like a French sorry. kiss, but oh. it's down under. Oh, yeah, I did. Have <laughs> <breakfast>. <laughs> I love that. Um, so my next point here is about my uh, previous prime ministers that we've had. We've had a bit of a mess, prime ministers. I'll very quickly try and go through them. So we've had four since you've had um, Obama. So we had Kevin Rudd in um, 2007. Yep, I think 2007 is when he got elected. Um, And he got kicked out by his own party, um, was replaced by his deputy called Julia Gillard, the very first woman to be prime minister. So we beat you to that game. You beat up gay marriage, so I don't know. Um, (laughs) And then... um, this thing called a political a spill, an election spill. I'm not going to go into it, but it's a thing. And um, later, a few years later, she she got reelected via an election. That a few years later, Rudd came back and took her position from her for 11 weeks. Then we had another election, and then this guy called Tony Abbott. And then we switched parties, and Tony Abbott was PM for a while. Nobody liked Tony Abbott really. He wasn't very good. He was the equivalent of George W. Bush. Um, bit of an embarrassment to us. And then um, the end of last year, September, there was another spill, literally the same as what the other party did. Turnbull happened, Malcolm Turnbull, and he's our current PM, recently had an election, literally took a month for them to count all the votes. And, um, yeah, he only just uh, kept his president, prime minister-ish in thing. Yeah, so there's that. And um, I had a video for you. It's just 30 seconds, but yeah. if anyone had time to listen to more. Julia Gillard did a thing on misogyny and sexism. She has a thick accent, so if you don't understand, I can translate for you. Go okay. ahead and play. The leader of the opposition cat calling across this table at me as I sit here as Prime Minister. If the Prime Minister wants to, politically speaking, make an honest woman of herself, something that would never have been said to any man sitting in this chair. I was offended when the Leader of the Opposition went outside in the front of Parliament and stood next to a sign that said, Ditch the Witch. I was offended when the Leader of the Opposition stood next to a sign that described me as a man's bitch. I was offended by those things. Misogyny, sexism, every day from this Leader of the Opposition. Every day, in every way. So, shit. I shouldn't be... I, I, and like she's, you know how Michelle Obama never refers to Trump in her speech. Well, she keeps saying leader of the opposition. He sat right there looking at him, her, yeah. with like an expression on his face, like uh, taking it in, like you don't know anything. Um, his name is Tony Abbott, and this is before he became prime minister. And he his misogyny did not end there. That speech had no effect on him, obviously. Oh. Well, that's too yeah, bad, most... but I, I was chuckling because I love all the people in the background, like, going, here, 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 here. Like, you never <laughs> yeah. see that in America, I don't think. No, <laughs> oh, it's just... very it's very parliamentary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and you know what else we don't see? We don't see heads of state being quite that forceful about their condemnation of sexism and racism and what have you. I mean, President Obama, whether you like him or not, has definitely been on the receiving end of plenty of racism. And he's never come out and given a speech like that. Uh, So he's talked about racism in very diplomatic terms, but I've never heard him fired up like that. So, Jenna, your final point here, I'm curious to hear about. (laughs) All right. Okay. So um, I I don't think any of you know this. Um, So you guys had uh, Muggle cast uh, Down Under back in 2007. 
Um, Eric hosted. None of you guys could make it, but Eric made it. So um, it was an Eric podcast. So it was Eric cast, yeah. <laughs> it was. Okay. It was, yeah, because he, he can speak, obviously, very well. And um, when he came to host his Sydney thing, he needed somewhere to stay. He, um, yeah, he kind of stayed with me and my family. And I was oh. uh, all of 16 at what? the time, 14 or something. Yeah, yep. So how did yep. that go? Well, I, I don't know why my parents said yes. So we had a Facebook mutual friend who sort of asked me and said, um, oh, so Eric needs somewhere to stay. Could he stay with you? And I was like, I, I doubt it, but I'll ask. And so I asked and I showed them a YouTube clip of Eric sort of giving a review of the recent Batman film. And they said, <laughs> yeah, all right, seems fine. <laughs> I was like, okay, then. And what? Then, yeah. 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 Sounds friend. about right. My parents yeah, I mean, are as mad as I am. You realize he's and, harmless um, once you see him uh, walking around in Hogwarts cloaks and reviewing <laughs> Batman on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They were not prepared for the, the Hogwarts robes. So um, once it was confirmed, we um, very uh, playfully referred to him as the axe murderer because <laughs> it's a guy I met. Yeah. Well, that's what I because call him too. And... Because of what reason? because it's a guy I met on the internet and you know, I was a teenager at the time and it's like, you know, it's that, it's that thing of you meet someone on the internet and you meet them and they turn out to be an ax murderer. So we called him that and um, we told him that and he didn't mind, which was equally as strange. Um, Yeah. So he he came to our house. My mom, I've been called worse. Um, If you guys want photos of, we took him out to dinner. If you want to see photos of that, I've got them queued here, but if you don't, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, can you so, can you send those over? I would what, love to see what's those. What's the weirdest thing he did in in front of you? Anything? Like did uh, he fart I, in front of you or <laughs> masturbate? No. Well, do you know what though? He was um he he slept in the spare room, which happens to be next to mine, which made my parents very nervous. Yeah. Um, but nothing happened honestly. Like it was just weird meeting him for the first time, and yeah. he he gave me a huge hug when he walked in, Aww. and um. And we took him out to dinner and he showed me like this graduation high school ring that he had. And uh, my parents really liked him. He talked about like student loan debt. He's very well spoken. And my parents, I think if I asked them today, they'd be like, oh, yeah, Eric, he was really great. I want to see him again. Yeah, yeah, he's a sweetie. No longer the axe murderer. (laughs) No longer. Not at all. But yeah, how strange. And he I I asked him to tell you guys about it. He wanted to mention what a big success it was. And he wants you to know that. He wanted Um, us to bring that up on Millennial. He wanted, yeah, he wanted me to mention that it was a huge success because I All told right. him He's I'm going to mention. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I'm that's just um, yeah, but good, I've good, awesome. Well, uh, glad to hear that. So, hashtag small world. Oh, you have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> and Jenna, it's been so great having you on today. Thank you for coming on. You're a natural at this. Oh, thank you so much. It must be because you've listened to my great podcasting skills over the years. Is that right? Do not respond to that. Jenna, I am responding. It's literally that. I've been listening to you, Andrew. Don't worry. Thank you. You are my bae. One off. Oh, that's sweet. (laughs) Anyway. His ego is so hard right now. No, I truly don't have an ego. I just like making everyone (laughs) think I do. So coming up in After Dark today... We have a game that I came up with. I was falling asleep last night, and you know me. I'm always thinking about Millennial, and it, and it came to me, and I hopped on my phone real quick. So on Monday, Donald Trump tweeted, many people are saying that the Iranians killed the scientists who helped the U.S. because of Hillary Clinton's hacked emails. That's it. Just many people are saying. And so because this is so ridiculous that Trump is deciding to start to to credit rumors by just saying many people are saying we're going to play a game we asked people in the millennial group to help us out people submitted their theories of their own starting with the hashtag many people are saying so we're going to read some of our favorites and then defend them for example sarah suggested many people are saying that aliens definitely crash landed at roswell new mexico or from hannah many people are saying donuts cure period pains (laughs) what (laughs) yep that's what many people are saying. So well, that, there we go. That's what we're going to well, do in AD. They're not just for penises. Right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. I'm Laura. I'm Matt. And I'm Jenna. Jenna, thanks again for coming on. Elisa, what's our oh. closing music? 
Our closing music is our song that this is from us to all millennials out there. Uh, next time you're feeling horny and you want a little bit, millennialshow at gmail.com. Awesome. See everybody next week. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today.